new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Benzema, no party for Real Madrid as Xavi wins his first Clásico as manager. Barcelona destroy Real Madrid, embarrassed Real Madrid. Made Ancelotti look like, um, I don't know, like they don't belong in a Champions League quarterfinal. Amazing. As part of a Gago Lasso weekend recap, we'll talk Clásico, we'll talk a little Premier League, F Cup, what happened in League now? Of course, Darby de la Capital in Serie A. This and much, much more. Kigo Lasso Weekend Recap. Jonathan Johnson LME begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Once again, we are live, so that means please, we want your questions and your comments. Uh, JJ's here, I'm here. Uh, any kind of any kind of Aston Villa slander, and you are out of this uh, comment section <laughs> straight away. I'm telling you that right now. Okay, Arsenal fans? So be very careful. But please make sure that you throw in your questions and your comments. We would love to hear from you specifically, especially El Clásico, because that's where we'll begin. And by the way, we're in a good mood today. Even though JJ and I and our lovely Villa lost, we're in a good mood. We have a $100 Paramount Plus gift card to give away to one lucky viewer. And to be in with a chance of landing it, simply drop your handle in the chat and our producer, Des Norris, will pick out uh, one of the lucky winners. And we did ask you to, uh, you know, drop in your name and handle, etc. because we had some shirts to give away. We have the results for that. I'll talk about that later. But first of all, Jonathan Johnson, how are you, my friend? Yeah, not doing bad. Thanks. And yourself? I'm good. I'm a little depressed because of the loss, and uh, but we're not going to get into it. You know, it's just onwards. Always think glass half full, Jonathan Johnson. That's how I try to see it. But regardless, I'm happy that I'm with you, my friend. Uh, happy that you're you're here. Uh, you know, let's begin with El Clásico, Jonathan Johnson. Real Madrid hosting Barcelona. We know how they're doing, of course, in the league. Uh, Las Madridistas uh, doing well, of course, topping the table. We know how they're doing in the Champions League as well, beating uh, PSG. Of course, we have dissected that uh, more than enough over here. So we thought maybe they'll get a good fight against Barcelona, uh, especially, you know, since they're still trying to figure themselves out, even though they also had a good week. But no Kareem Benzema was a major thing. And obviously that really, I believe, affected them. Uh, Tell me about this game for Madrid, by the way. Was that already a bad, you think? That was already a curse, wasn't it? Yeah, very uh, furious of them. Uh, I mean, I have to I have to be honest. You know, you started to worry a bit for Real uh, once the news came out about Benzema. We've we've spoken so many times over the course of the season just how crucial he is to this Real side. I know that I got a lot of stick for it after talking about Real going through PSG's expense in the Champions. So many of the cracks in this Real side, and I think those cracks were brutally exposed for all to see by Barca. I mean. You know, if if we'd said to me before the game, you know, Barca are going to win this Clásico, I wouldn't have been that disbelieving. But sort of to see the way that it happened uh, and the final score, you know, that is pretty incredible. You know, this is up there sort of in the modern era with the the biggest sort of blowout defeats for either, time, either side, uh, you know, in this fixture. 
Uh, and I mean, to be honest, the, the score from from what I saw, because I was flicking between uh, Marseille Nice and uh, and the Clasico, it didn't flatter Barca. You know, pretty much every time I turned my to turn my eyes towards the screen, they were banging in a goal. And to see Aubameyang like this, uh, you know, completely transformed from the player that he was, Arsenal. You know, that we were absolutely hammering. I was absolutely hammering. Lotti's tactics were very questionable. You know, but there's, like I said, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Cristiano Ronaldo syndrome, the baton has now been passed to Benzema. When Benzema is not on the pitch with those players, regardless of how fit he is, yeah, they just go to bits. Yeah, I think that's where we begin, Jonathan Johnson, your very first point. Kareem Benzema's absence makes Real Madrid look like a different team. Uh, obviously, it's hard enough when you don't have a central number nine target. That can be a little tricky, of course, but it just shows how much Real Madrid need Karim Benzema to do that dirty work and uh, not just the goals. Of course, by the way, Ilias, thank you so much. Our usual viewers were reading all your comments. Uh, thank you so much. Keep talking about them. Well done, Barcelona fans. I'm sure you're happy because we can't take for granted that this was to me. Uh, I, I feel like uh, Jonathan Johnson before the game, Xavi was in that dressing room and he said, I don't care about anything else. I don't care where we are in the table. I don't care what Real Madrid are doing in the Champions League. I don't care what we're doing in the Europa League. We are here to win because we haven't done that since 2019 in this fixture. And you know that that's exactly what happened. They just went in there with a fire in their belly. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who you were, we were talking about, seven from seven in La Liga right now. Seven goals in, a, in his last five starts versus Real Madrid as well, combined obviously with his previous uh you know employer but he was everywhere and you were correct i mean you were back and forth switching my friend but it's true barcelona really should have been like five nothing up at half time courtois had to save them a couple of times there was just there was an anger with barcelona there was a will there was an effort and uh you know all fair play and and that really really showed today what you know what's here's my question to you what do you think this means overall in terms of the title race? Do you think it adds a dent or anything? Or is there enough space now, I guess, for Real Madrid to at the very least just think, look, let's just move on? No, I'm going to stick with what I said in the preview pod. Uh, I, I still think that it's too far gone, the title race for Barca to get themselves back into it. I mean, in terms of second place, it's definitely fair game. I just don't think they're going to be able to reel Real in uh, enough because I think the Real you know, will be strong enough to see off the majority of their opponents between now and the end of the season domestically. Obviously, they've got the distraction of the Champions League, Barca too with the Europa League. But I don't know, for, for me, I don't see Barca being able to, to close the gap on round. To be honest, I don't see Sevilla being able to do it either. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I mean, Sevilla, I think, are probably better placed considering they crashed out of Europe unexpectedly. But, you know, for me, you know, I think that this is more sort of, Xavi setting a marker now uh, and saying like, you know, this is sort of the level that we want to be at competing in this fixture in the future, you know, title bid, we'll leave that for next season where we're in, when we're in a better position, we've strengthened, we've sorted out some of the positions over the summer, uh, you know, but this is sort of a taste of what's to come for the, for the supporters, so to speak. And the, the thing that I find so interesting about Barca and the way sort of they've developed over the last 10, 20 years is they always seem to do better when there's somebody with a bit of Blaugrana blood uh, on the on the touchline. Yeah. You know, whether it's Pep, whether it's Luis Enrique, whether it's Xavi. Now it's you know the sort of the the coaches who have come through within the club as players 
you know, they just have that understanding, the way that they, they know sort of what the team needs, what the players need. And crucially as well, I think they have the respect of the players, whether the players have come through La Masia themselves uh, or whether they've been brought in at high cost. Uh, you know, they will respect, they will look up to the players who have made their names as legends uh, at Camp Nou. Uh, and I think that, you know, Xavi coming in has just been a breath of fresh air for the club as a, you know, as, as a whole. Uh, and, you know, it looks like he's only just getting started. I mean, I, I don't want to sort of, you know, go too early and, and say, you know, he could have a sort of Pep-esque impact on this Barca. But, you know, when you're looking at the turnaround in just a couple of months, it is pretty impressive. He's lost one league game. Real Betis, that's it. That's it. Since his arrival, he's only lost once in the league. That's very impressive. And yes, of course, you know, uh, I think the January transfers helped. Obviously, that's part of because of the money that was injected in order to sort of stop the bleeding, the economical bleeding. But to your point, a very good point that I kind of really didn't think about, actually, which is you need this club is so in love and impassioned with their own history and their own academy and the culture and, you know, masculine club, masculine club, et cetera, et cetera, that you kind of need somebody that truly understands that. And when you look at the lineup, by the way, obviously Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, that's great. Ferran Torres, Dembele, who was excellent as well. But then, you know, that Busquets, you know, did the job. You know, he was good. Obviously, Pedri, of course. Uh, Gabby coming in later on. Gerard Pique is still at the back, leading that that back line that you need that Barcelona culture. And that's really impressive. And on the other side, you know, sometimes when you don't have key players, and it's funny because we were saying, you know, with Casemiro being absent in one of the games in the Champions League, we thought Luka Modric was going to be, you know, suffering. He actually suffered because Karim Benzema was in there. And that's a that's a major problem by the way uh we're giving away a paramount plus giveaway gift card there's a super classical playing right now so if you couldn't do enough drama today classical a rome uh you know rome derby oh and by the way boca river as well you can watch that on paramount plus and we're giving away a gift card so please include your handle and we're giving these away for free please 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 all right before we move on nicholas murray don't think that i didn't see that comment how long have you had that in the dress by the way what was it Real Madrid and Lewis Hamilton missing their old bands today. Very good, <laughs> Nicholas Mark. Very good indeed. Final thoughts on this game, um, uh, Jonathan Johnson. What you know, we've talked about Real Madrid, Barcelona. What does this mean for them? Because obviously, winning the Europa League also helps them in the Champions League. But it's clear that also, like a positional uh, final conclusion in La Liga, also helps them. But these are happy days for Barcelona at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that Barca, in terms of Champions League qualification, <clears throat> it's looking good at this moment in time. I'm not going to say it's looking favourable because I really need Leon to pull something out of the hat in the Europa League and save <laughs> French football's uh, <laughs> reputation this season. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But no, Barca, you know, whether it's through the league, whether it's through the Europa League, I think they'll be looking at their chances now and thinking, you know, we we got this one one way or the other. Uh, you know, they'll be they'll be making it to the Champions League. I think I don't see them imploding domestically, uh, and even if they were to come up against some stiff opposition, they still have that Europa League card to play. So, you know, I think for, for the for the moment, so far so good under Xavi. Obviously, the financial situation clearing itself up a little bit more uh, with the with the Spotify deal. And actually, I, I kind of wanted to finish with Real Madrid, <clears throat> and I'm going to put yeah, the go question ahead. to I'm going to put the question to you now. Obviously, yeah. we've spoken so much about the possibility of Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland going to Real Madrid. 
if you're both of those players and you're looking at this Real Madrid performance tonight, I, I don't see how you can convince yourself that Real are going to be able to make all of the changes that you need them to make in order to be successful from next season onwards. Because assuming that they do manage to pull off both signings, you know, how do you finance the rebuilding of the rest of the team in the same transfer window? That's a really good question. I think part of the answer, JJ, lies within uh, some of their own emotional connections to their respective clubs. Uh, Kylian Mbappé, we know that he loves Real Madrid just personally as a fan, so that might help him. And again, also, and I think this is more for Haaland, you know, we know through the history of their of his career so far uh, that he's very careful about wh where he decides to go next. Obviously, had so many offers when he was, uh, you know, even before uh, he joined Salzburg and, and he was getting offers from bigger clubs. I think Juventus was part of one. And he said, no, I want to go somewhere where I can develop. And then after that, he went to Dortmund. So I don't know if, like, to your point, if he would choose a Real Madrid side because if he's, you know, do they have all the pieces that he needs? Kylian Mbappé, I'm not sure. I feel he still might might be intrigued, depending, of course, how well PSG sells the project and what happens in the future. But uh, throwing that question to everybody, what do you think about uh, Real Madrid in terms of the summer? Will they get, you know, either one of them, none of them, et cetera, et cetera? We had a good question from a Barcelona fan. Uh, Rodi, I believe, very happy. Congratulations to you. I'm sure you're ecstatic after everything you've gone through for nothing well done. But I believe the question was Obama Young, best uh, January transfer. Well, I got to tell you, a free agent, right? And uh, you only had to pay his fees. And he, I think you reduced them as well. It's pretty even uh, that question. Who's enjoying life more since Arsenal got rid of Aubameyang? That's a very good question. I like that from our own team. Uh, what What do you think, Jonathan Johnson? Best? I mean, I think he's a very good acquisition for Barcelona. It really all worked out for everybody at that point. Yeah, I do think it, it has worked out really well. So obviously it does look like a very shrewd piece of January business. I don't think we should forget the risk that Barca were taking in bringing him on, given everything that had gone on, you know, sort of how destroyed his reputation with uh, was with Arsenal by the end, you know, all of the shenanigans, uh, you know, when he was going on international duty with Gabon just a couple of months ago. But, you know, so far you, you, you cannot complain, you know, for a club that suddenly come into a lot of new money. Uh, you know, this was a very wise, uh, you know, move financially. Uh, and it's paying off massively at this moment in time. It, it looks like some of their best business, and they did a fair bit of good and unexpected business, uh, you know, in the January transfer window. So, you know, kudos to to Barca, you know, getting a tune out of Aubameyang because we know that on his day he can be a fantastic player. He's not alone in that as well. Uh, you know, you've got Dembele. We'll see whether he oh, stays, whether he goes. Man. But had a great game today, and you know, that's it's a reminder as well of what he's capable of because nobody doubts the the skill sets that these two guys have it's just when they apply themselves uh you know and when they do uh you know they can do it to devastating effect as both managed to do uh you know and rail were in the uh you know were, were suffering at their hands today but you know i think obameyang yes it, it's it's a move that's worked out well but it was one where the risk was so high uh you know so to say that it was sort of the the best bit of january business by a mile I think maybe is exaggerating a little bit, but if Aubameyang continues in this form, scores a few more important goals like this, you know, plays a role in some potential Europa League success, uh, you know, Champions League return for for Barcelona, then you know, definitely, I think 
his arrival will be pointed to as you know perhaps a turning point uh, in in Barca's season. Yeah, and please, uh, Felipe Coutinho was the win of January. Okay, please. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> uh, by the way, um, a good question here brought up by our producer. Uh, there's Norris. What, how, how do you think Chelsea's thinking about this, everybody? If you're a Chelsea fan, you're watching Real Madrid. I think I'm right in saying Real Madrid have never beaten Chelsea, actually, in European competition. Obviously, they were knocked out by Real Madrid. Uh, I'm sorry, by Chelsea last tournament. Do you think Chelsea takes even more of a uh, advantage in terms of thinking as they look ahead for the quarterfinals in the Champions League? Look, I mean, accusations of sour grapes or not, I wasn't convinced with Real when they got past PSG. I just think that they made the absolute most of that last half an hour when they were better than PSG, with PSG the better team for the rest of the tie. But, you know, specific to this matchup between Chelsea and Real as well, don't forget they played each other last season. Tuchel knows this squad, you know, pretty much like the back of his hand because he studies teams, pours over the details. And this Real side's barely changed. They've just gotten older since last season's meeting. So for me, you know, I think that Chelsea... We'll probably already have known, uh, you know, sort of what the real level uh, for Real is. Uh, you know, the only sort of difference between last season and this is that Ancelotti is uh, is leading them this time. But, uh, you know, I think that Tuchel will fancy himself uh, in that tactical battle. I don't think that Ancelotti's covered himself in glory the last couple of job placings he's had. Uh, I didn't see anything from him tonight or really over the two legs against PSG that suggests to me, you know, he's still got it, uh, you know, as, as a re really elite manager massive respect for everything he's done in the past obviously but for me i think when you're going up against this chelsea i mean assuming that chelsea remain as consistent as they are at the moment you know we've spoken ad nauseum about how good a job thomas tuchel is doing at sheltering this squad from all the outside noise assuming that that continues and there's no curveball you know something else doesn't happen that you know that puts chelsea's existence at, at even greater threat uh, you know before coming up against real I fancy them to progress quite comfortably in that one. Yeah, I think at this point, that's where I'm leaning Karim Benzema or not, which, by the way, reports say that he should be fine for that first leg. So we'll just have to keep our eye on that one. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, we'll talk uh, Derby de la Capitale as Tammy Abraham did his thing uh, against uh, Lazio. We'll also talk a little bit more on Serie A. Premier League FA Cup Roundup. We'll talk League on. Ah, ask JJ about PSG because uh, their result today was not good. Uh, some good goals there in Ajax against Feyenoord. Some final thoughts, and that should be it. But stay with us. Giggle a Weekend recap with uh, Jonathan Johnson. LME will be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody. Kigo Lasso Weekend Recap. Jonathan Johnson, LME. We've talked El Clasico. We still want your comments. We're getting some good ones regarding the best January transfer window business. Thank you so much. Keep them coming. I believe Dan Kane talked about Trippier and Newcastle. Are you Jimmy Conrad in disguise, uh, Dan Kane? Is that what you're saying? That uh, We're also hearing a few other names as well. And a good point from... Uh, I think Caleb uh, or somebody else, I'm not sure, said about Rudiger. Obviously, that would be a good acquisition for Real Madrid later on as they need. Don't forget, we're giving away a Paramount Plus $100 gift card. You can watch so much action right there. And of course, all our shows, including Champions League, CONCACAF, Super Classico, which is happening right now, nil nil, uh, and much, much more. Leave your handle, everybody. My goodness. Just write it down. Even Instagram, it's fine. Okay, we want to give them to you. So make sure uh, if one person does it, that person wins. Literally, that's the easiest game show you can ever think of. All right, all right. So let's uh, let's move on here. Serie A, Derby de la Capitalia, Roma against Lazio. Roma, guns out blazing. Jonathan Johnson, uh, incredible. Oh, and before we get into JJ's commentary. Let's do it right now, I guess. Uh, we have two shirts, Roma shirts to give away. Thanks of, to our friends at New Balance. And we have some winners, and they are Mark Roche or Roche. Thank you so much. And Michael Brickley. Congratulations, Des Norris. Our producer will be in touch about getting your uh, mailing addresses, but I believe we have them already and we'll be sending them out. Uh, so well done there. All right, JJ, Roma. Tommy Abraham makes Roma history. 23 goals in his debut season. That's more than Batistuta and Montella, who are 21. That's pretty impressive. Joseph Mourinho already on the Instagram uh, doing a little bit of trolling. Very happy man. Thoughts on this game? <laughs> Very relieved man as well, I think, yeah. because you know nobody needed a result like that more than uh, Mourinho. But I think when you score inside the opening minute in a you know such a heated derby game like that, you know that really puts you in a strong position to to, to stamp your mark on it. And you know they just blew Lazio away. Uh, in the first half, uh, you know, delighted to see Tammy Abraham. Uh, I know Mike uh, Mike Lahoud got a bit of a, a slap on the wrist when he suggested that uh, Tammy Abraham has has come into his own uh, outside of the Premier League. When we all we all know that he cut his championship teeth at friend. Villa Park. <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's really really heartening for uh, for for an Englishman like me to see a fellow Englishman doing so well outside of the Premier League because you know so few. England internationals, you know, try their hand uh, outside of their home country yeah. when they're still in the prime of their career or what should be in the prime of their career. So to see Abraham having taken that on, uh, you know, and being rewarded for it is is fantastic to see. So I'm absolutely delighted for him. Hope that his hot streak continues because Roma will need it if they're going to get themselves back into probably contention for qualification for the Europa League. I still think it's going to be difficult for them to to catch up with the Champions League uh, uh, chase. I and mean, you know, it's eight points now between them and Juve. 
I don't see Juve giving up that much ground. So for Roma, I think it's all about trying to finish fifth, level on points with Atlanta, so it's still within reach. Uh, you know, but this result would have done so much good uh, for them and a bit of damage as well for Lazio because, you know, that is a really, really deflating performance and results. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, these are the kind of games where Sarri has actually tended to get a tune out of his players this season. Mm. So for them to get blown out in this way, while well, his, I, if I, I believe I'm correct in saying that his contract extension hasn't actually been finalized, it's just something that's been talked about now for like the last five months or so, uh, you know, there are still questions over whether Sarri is the right guy for this yeah. Lazio, or whether these Lazio players are the right players to play his system. You know, I feel like I've been reading that quite a lot this last uh, week or so. Uh, and, you know, I can't argue with, uh, you know, what we saw on the pitch today. You know, Roma were a better side, deserved winners. Yeah, I sometimes, every, something that worries me about Sarri all the time is that Sarri is also very reactive. You're waiting to see what the counter does. And to your point, in this heated derby, you score in that first minute with that impact, it's very hard to get back to it. You score again, almost impossible. You score again, it's game over. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, thanks so much for all the comments. Uh, I'll say it one more time for you, Dan Cain. Gabriel Batistuta. I don't know how old you are, my friend, but uh, my goodness, watching that man play uh, back in the day was, was just art. So the fact that Tammy Abraham passed him, uh, on his debut season in terms of goals for Roma is pretty incredible. So well done there. And when we saw the table, by the way, it wasn't too far. That's Jose Mourinho. <laughs> he is such a troll. His Instagram account is pretty good. I want him to be a little bit more trolly, actually, because the more trolly, the, the happier I get. That's it. I mean, if they if they win a couple more games, is he going to start getting the pizza and the the color out? Definitely. <laughs> I want videos now, though. I don't just want images. But uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely good for Roma, and we will see. I mean, listen, being fifth is no joke in Serie. A. Uh, I agree. I don't think uh, catching up to Juventus will be a realistic thing for them. Let's keep going in Serie. A, by the way, Jonathan Johnson. Inter one, Fiorentina one. Are Inter Milan out of the Scudetto race? Do you think? I don't think they're out of it just yet, but obviously that doesn't do them any favors. I think they still have that game in hand. And once they've played that, then we'll know, uh, you know, whether they're still in it or not. But, you know, they've really started to look shaky again recently. Uh, you know, Milan sort of playing with that consistency that they lacked uh, a bit last season. Obviously, they started so well and then fell away over the second half of the season. This time, they've got a bit more metal about them. They're showing that, you know, there's... They've, they've learned perhaps from their mistakes of last season. And Inter, I mean, it's it was always going to be a complicated season. Uh, to be honest, Simone Inzaghi's men have taken me by surprise at times this season because they've looked better than I've expected them to be. Uh, you know, but as, as we discussed with uh, with Mike in the in the preview coming into this game, it just feels like they don't, he, Inzaghi's done some tinkering at the wrong time in mm. attack. Uh, and now suddenly... You know, the goals are drying up, uh, you know, especially coming into big games like this because Fiorentina, you know, it was never going to be an easy game. I know they've dropped out of European contention. A little we bit all said it. Weeks. We all said Fiorentina was going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Not surprised that they've been held to a draw here. I don't think it's terminal just yet, but another one or two, uh, you know, drop points like these, even if it's just draws, uh, you know, and I think that probably does it uh, in, in Milan's favor. Yeah, well, they got to take uh, full advantage of their game in hand. Otherwise, yeah, it would be pretty tricky indeed. Napoli uh, win 2-1 uh, against Udinese. 
And AC Milan, uh, you are correct, uh, my friend. The latest comment there. AC Milan are flying. Another win there. Of course, uh, it was a little bit overshadowed. Well, not, not a little bit. It was overshadowed by, once again, some disgusting uh, racism and some racist abuse at uh, Mike Mignon and Tomori. And Mike Mignon went on Instagram as well. And he made his feelings heard. And, uh, you know, it's just... I mean, listen, it's it's an institutional problem and it's going to go beyond a social media post or whatever. Uh, some real action needs to be going on in Serie A because, I mean, everywhere around the globe, but we do see it a lot in the Italian game. And enough is enough, Jonathan Johnson, especially, you know, uh, a great human and two great humans like Ficayo Tomori and, and Mike Mignon. Yeah, uh, you know, really, really disappointing uh, for both players. Uh, particularly disappointing for Mignon because I remember there being a racism incident just a couple of months ago involving him. So it's not been a particularly uh, savory or, you know, a particularly enjoyable experience of his first season when, you know, it's being percolated with the, these incidents. Uh, and yeah, you can only hope that sort of the the tone deaf um, attitudes of the past uh, are done away with and, you know, this can actually be confronted and, and stamped out properly because it is a problem that has been going on for years. And no, you know, we're not just singling out Serie A as the only league, uh, you know, with racism problems. You know, there are other uh, examples of it around Europe. Just unfortunately, Serie A, it seems to, re- it seems to be more of an, a regular occurrence uh, than, than a lot of other places. Yeah, so something and also to... and also one of the highest profiles. That's right, exactly. So you know, I, I, we we're not gonna solve it all in one episode, but you know, things need to be done, and they have to be more than just uh, you know bandaid on gunshot wound sort of actions. You know, uh, blackouts in social media, things like that. We need to do more. Enough is enough. All right, let's uh, keep going here. I'm gonna just give you a quick roundup, and you can just give me a thought here, Jonathan Johnson, from anything. I know it's a lot, and I'm sure we can. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking maybe a little bit about the Villa, I guess. But there's a lot that happened as well in England as well. Premier League and FA Cup. Not everybody played one specific area, but enough action. Tottenham against West Ham. Human uh, son, Harry Kane, helped over a good win against West Ham. Arsenal, of course, for a Champions League spot as they beat uh, Aston Villa. Jesse Marsh, by the way, that game that kicked off everything on Friday. Unbelievable scenes. 2 nothing down. Raul Jimenez gets a red card. And my goodness, uh, Leeds turn it around. Fantastic stuff there from Leeds United and Je- Jesse Marsh. And then the FA Cup, some results on screen. Des Norris will put them on momentarily. But Frank Lampard now has lost all four of his away games in charge of Everton. So something to think about. There, uh, there was a USMNT goalkeeper watch as well as Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen were both in action. And, uh, you know, we have our new soccer podcast in Soccer We Trust with Jimmy and Heath. But anybody watching right now, Dan, I know that you're a big USMNT fan. Everybody out there, thoughts as well on uh, I was, you know, hearing some reports about Brendan Aronson, who was scratched from starting lineup for uh, Salzburg. So that could be a worrying thing later on. But this were the results in the FA Cup, of course. Um, but any thoughts from England, uh, Jonathan Johnson? Uh, yeah, a couple. I mean, I'm delighted for Jesse Marsh, uh, first of all. And, you know, I think as well, uh, you could see the relief, especially sort of in his post-match press conference afterwards, where he was sort of joking about how his reception has been more positive from the players than some members of the press. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think he I think he deserved that. You know, he's had a bit of a crash course in the Premier League these first couple of weeks with Leeds, uh, you know, but the the way that the 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 game happened and turned around, uh, you know, it's it's one of the th- reasons why we all love the Premier League so much, you know. And 
you know, what goes around comes around. We've seen Wolves come back against Villa before and do that. And then, you know, for it to happen yeah. to them, I, I, I certainly wasn't. Uh, <laughs> so oh, I know. You to, tweeted. I, I wasn't you, sad to see it. <laughs> I wasn't going to tweet it, but you did tweet it. I was like, I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, it, you know, obviously, you know, that happening to Wolves cracks a smile, but, you know, it doesn't actually really count for anything in, in, in Villa eyes, uh, mostly. But for for Leeds to get that, this the period of the season that they were in uh, you know that 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 was huge you know there's been some big results in the premier league this last week everton getting a win leeds getting a win you know it could be as simple as those three points picked up by both teams is just about enough uh to keep them in the league when you look at the situation just below them in that relegation zone i mean it's very fine margins for everton leeds now have a bit more of a cushion you'd think seven points at this stage of the season should probably be enough but obviously Burnley with those two games in hand will be absolutely decisive. Three, if you're counting the fact that Leeds have played uh, 30 and Burnley have only played 27. So still a little way to go, but I think that that will have been a massive boost for, for Leeds. But then for Everton to have you know got such an important win late on in the Premier League and then to, to suffer that crushing uh, defeat in the FA Cup, uh, you know, it, it continues to raise questions about Frank Lampard, whether he's the right fit, uh, with Everton, whether he's waited too long and perhaps not taken the right job, because let's let's be honest, whoever was going to take that Everton job, walking to a massive building task, uh, you know, you've seen some very high-profile managers there recently fail. Ancelotti, Benitez, you know, neither of them ended up having a good time by the time they left. Uh, you know, and I don't think it's uh, it's necessarily a job that was cut out for somebody as inexperienced as Lampard. Yeah, I know he did a good job with Derby. Uh, you know, some people feel that he was let go of too early by Chelsea, but it's it's a big challenge and it takes an experienced manager, uh, you know, to go to Goodison Park and to fix all that's wrong there at the moment. Uh, and I feel that, unfortunately, Lampard may have bitten off more than he can chew. We'll see if they can grind out any more points in the Premier League. But I just worry for them that this result in the FA Cup, you know, sends them crashing back down, uh, you know, and completely drains their their morale in terms of trying to fight against relegation. Yeah, the biggest problem for uh, a team that's fighting is that you have to be good off the ball. That's going to be tough. And losing all the away matches says a lot, actually. I think about I mean, not not, not just losing that though, absolutely getting killed. Wins. Yeah, losing badly. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, well, that was England, everybody. Let's just quickly move on to uh, you know, from uh, you know, something to discuss to something I know Jonathan Johnson will love to discuss, I'm sure, over and over. But Liga <laughs> PSG are really, I mean, my goodness, I watched this game and they were all over the place. Monaco, who are not they're not fighting for a Champions League spot. I mean, they've got their own turmoil going on uh, from an infrastructure perspective, but they win 3 nothing against Mauricio Pochettino's Paris, uh, Paris Saint-Germain. And Pochettino said, uh, the way we started the game is unacceptable. It could have been 3 nothing at halftime. It's clear what happened in the Champions League did a lot of harm. The team has to break free from this. Thoughts uh, <laughs> on this? Yeah, I mean, it's not, not the best imagery uh, trying to picture Maurizio Pochettino singing uh, Freddie Mercury to his players in the dressing room. But, uh, 
Honestly, it's, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of stuff to unpack about this game because it's important for so many different reasons. Yet, yeah, hugely shocking, uh, the performance from PSG. I don't think I've seen them be worse uh, this season. They were I've seen some, shocking. I've, I've, I've seen some poor performances. So for that for that one to, to sort of take the cake is uh, is pretty impressive. They were bad. They were I bad. Guess, I guess the, yeah. the other thing as well is that, I mean, I know it's a big result. It's a huge win for, for Monaco. But they weren't actually that impressive. I mean, they they put together a more coherent performance than they have done in recent weeks under Philippe Clement. But they were by no means, you know, far far superior. It was just that PSG were genuinely that bad. A lovely goal by Wissam Ben Yedder, who still remains hugely prolific in the so young. Good. Got so much time for him. Uh, but you know, this for for. I mean, it was never going to cost PSG that much given the lead they have in Ligue 1. It's not going to cost them the title. I'm sure that they're still going to uh, see that one over the line, pull level with Saint-Étienne on the record 10 titles this season. But for Monaco, this is huge because Monaco were risking missing out uh, you know, on Europe altogether when you look at their position in the table at the moment. They're getting themselves back into that race uh, with points like these. At Lyon's expense, because Lyon didn't pick up points this weekend. They they only uh, managed a draw. So, you know, this has the potential to maybe, you know, get Monaco's season back on track. They, like PSG, suffered a really disappointing exit uh, from Europe, uh, going out of the Europa League to Braga, when France really needs as many, uh, you know, teams as possible to stay in Europe to try and win something, either the Europa League, either Europa Conference League, where Marseille are playing at the moment. Uh, because, you know, the situation is starting to get pretty worrying. Uh, I wrote more about it um, on uh, the website this afternoon. So if anyone wants to sort of hear my extended thoughts uh, on it, uh, they can. But it it was worrying. I mean, if, you know, you were watching it, some of the performances were very uncharacteristic. Marquinhos seems to be sort of What's you know, living, happened a, living, to him, man? living a waking Honestly. nightmare since, since Real. What's happened I, you to Marquinhos? Know. It's amazing to me. It's it's I have not good I mean, look, you, you make a good point, okay? PSG, um, and we're not gonna get too much in. We've talked a lot about PSG, everybody, on this show. So you cannot complain if you want a little bit more. But the one thing that I will say, and Marseille, by the way, uh, got that win against Nice. Uh, obviously, as you said, JJ is probably not gonna do too much to dent it, but you know, would you like just say I mean, even forget PSG for a second. Mauricio Pochettino, would you just say, you know what? This is just not, it's not happening. I mean, he's not a quitter, but, you know, this is not working. It's just not working. And you're clearly not happy. You could see it. So what, just, do you think, just leave now, six-month vacation and just get out or, you know, or, or stick it out to the summer? Because a lot needs to happen to change right now. It does. Uh, you know, and I thought Pochettino's comments before the match were quite interesting where he was saying that basically a conversation needs to happen where they need to sit down with the club and sort of work out, you know, what what direction everyone wants to go in. You know, basically, basically alluding to the fact that there's going to be a conversation at the end of the season. Yeah. He already knows what the outcome is. The club yeah. already know what the outcome is. Mauricio Pochettino won't be PSG's manager next season. But the thing is, do they separate with him now? You know, pay pay the money just to get him out, uh, and then have somebody like Zumana Kamara move up from the from the youngsters to take over the seniors for the rest of the season, or do they bring someone from the outside to take it over? Sort of, you know, a la Ralph Ranić. 
I don't see who that could appeal to, uh, you know, given that there's such little left uh, to play for this season. So I think that the most logical thing is Pochettino stays in place. Uh, you know, PSG are probably running on second gear maximum, pick up a few more points, maybe at home. Uh, you know, the league and title gets confirmed. And as soon as it has, uh, you know, I think PSG will say merci beaucoup. And, uh, you know, Pochettino will be on his way because I don't see any way uh, of this relationship being salvaged. I know Pochettino was saying all the right things in the media this week. It doesn't matter. The decision's already made. He won't be continuing. Uh, and he knows that. But the thing that I'd be worried about now if I was Pochettino is any potential future employers looking at this and being like, hmm, you know, we've been convinced about this guy for so long, but actually this stint in Paris has really done nothing to raise his stock whatsoever. Because sure, if you're just, just going to judge him on what's happened in the Champions League, you know, you can maybe, you know, you can maybe put the Real defeat to the back of the mind and say, you know, it's what happens with PSG. You know, they implode. But if you actually delve into the details and analyze what's gone on outside of the Champions League in Pochettino's time with PSG, it's been disastrous. The football has been awful, uh, you know, and also from a motivational standpoint, which is normally his strong suit, you know, he's failed to even really leave a trace with these players. So, yeah, and that was never surprising me. Yeah. It was never surprising me that he was going to not be able to motivate. It's a relationship that needs to end. I think what he needs to do is if he gets a, you know, whatever job he takes next, uh, it needs to be with a team that has lower expectations. Like uh, he did great at Espanol, like, you know, just things like that. I think uh, just to bring back the love that he has for the game instead of dealing with so much off the pitch antics. Here's a question for you. Pochettino and Emery, for me, seem to have very similar profiles. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and I, I wonder if Pochettino going back to the Champions, uh, to the to the Premier League. Sorry, um, you know, if he perhaps runs the risk of making the same mistake uh, that Emery did when he jumped immediately out of PSG into another big job instead of taking a break, uh, you know, taking stock, working out, you know, which is the right move to take next, because. I think you're 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 right in that he's almost better with a slightly more limited set of players, but players that he can really have a connection with, really bond with. It suits uh, his system. Yeah, absolutely. It suits his system. He needs players that are hungry, that are that are yet to to you know that want to prove to themselves, and also not forgetting. I think he should go back to a place where like language isn't an issue. You know, go back to La Liga and 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 do something there. You know, there is a good manager in there. There is. It's just that at this moment, it's not a Champions League profile type of team. That's my own humble opinion. Let's move on here. We mentioned uh, Marseille beat Nice. Uh, Ajax Feiner, Jonathan Johnson. Did you watch that one? Alaire, Anthony. Anthony's <laughs> celebration was amazing. By the way, Ajax social media team, amazing. Anyway, it was 2-0 for a while. And Ajax in the final moments uh, of the game, um, Anthony scored the Brazilian and he like jumped up to the to the crowd, showed his shirt, took his shirt or whatever. He was sent off later on, but whatever. It was an amazing. And Ajax uh, substituted uh, the, the the famous statue, obviously in Brazil, <laughs> the, the the Christ the the savior, and he, they replaced him with him. It was amazing. But what a game that one! Ajax uh, scoring some goals. Uh, did you see that one? That was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, really. Uh spoiled for for football action i wasn't planning on checking out much after the the dross that that was that psg performance against monaco but then ended up seeing some of the action from uh from ajax a buddy of mine in amsterdam told me it was a, a crazy end to the game so really 
impressive from Ajax that they showed their metal because I wondered actually if they maybe crumple after that Champions League exit, mm. but they didn't. Uh, you know, they showed that they're still up for the fight, still in there fighting, uh, you know, on both fronts domestically. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, their their season is not over in the same way, uh, you know that it that it is for for PSG. You know, they've still got uh, you know uh, a challenge on their hands uh, in terms of the league title, uh, and can still have cup glory as well. So you know, I think Eric Ten Hag doesn't have as much of an issue keeping those players motivated, and obviously it helps when you've just crashed out of the Champions League unexpectedly that you have a game which commands your your players to to, to to be up for it and the other game that i was checking out uh while the classico was on was uh was marseille nice and obviously that one was a game that you know was was marred earlier in the season with the crowd incidents um but this time uh you know marseille sort of getting a bit of revenge uh, on Nice, inflicting a painful defeat, which drops Nice down a couple of places. I, I don't think it'll be too disappointing for Nice, given the way that they've improved themselves this season under Christophe Galtier. They still have that Coupe de France final to look forward to, uh, but they won't want to lose grip on the Champions League places. So expect a little bit of a resurgence in form from them. Uh, over the coming weeks, they've had a, a couple of disappointing draws. But, uh, you know, overall can't complain it's been a fantastic day of soccer absolutely and that's where we wrap everything up everybody thank you so much uh for being part of the show des norris are we am i reading the paramount plus gift card winner now or are we doing that later uh you know i don't i believe one person was brave enough we're going to do it later everybody but one person did throw their handle or maybe it was multiple we will see but you will find out later on. So well done. Uh, final thoughts, Jonathan Johnson. The only thing I was going to mention was uh, Tigres uh, won 2-0 uh, against Monterrey, and there was a French connection uh, as uh, Gignac and Tova got the goals in that one as well. Obviously, uh, Don, I forget your last name of your handle, but you mentioned Nottingham Forest. Brave uh, performance against Liverpool. Yes, uh, you would love to see them in the Premier League. Of course, uh, they got a little bit to do to get into a playoff spot. But those are my final thoughts. Uh, by the way, they you still have a chance to win the Paramount Plus gift card because if you drop your handle now, maybe it can happen. But Jonathan Johnson, before we say goodbye, John underscore Le Gossip on Twitter, follow his content on CBS Sports. Final thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I'd, to be honest, I'm just really glad that it's going to be the international break now. Seriously. It's been, it's, it's, Amen it's been, to that, brother. <laughs> it's been flat out the last couple of weeks with some fantastic oh Champions League uh, games. You know, we've we've been working hard to bring it to everyone. I mean, you know, you've been talking uh, talking your, your mouth off, uh, you know, the I, last couple of weeks uh, <laughs> like crazy. So, uh, you know, put your feet up, get a bit of rest. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've all been looking forward to this, you know, some – some competitive actions to look forward to, but not as much uh, as usual. Yeah, definitely. Amen to that and to you, my friend. Make sure you take a good rest. Of course, it's a little bit emotional for me. I won't be doing too much work about it after the game, but obviously the South American World Cup qualifiers take a wrap, and my God, that's going to be interesting. And by the way, USMNT, of course, CONCACAF action in soccer we trust. Make sure that you follow the pod with Jimmy Heath, Charlie Davis as well. Some fantastic content there. Jonathan Johnson, John underscore Le Gossip. Follow his content on CBS Sports, of course, and Twitter. Thank you so much, brother. I know it's late in Paris. Have a good night. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man, and uh, catch up soon. 
Absolutely. Up the villa. Enjoy the rest of your evening, everybody. LM Echegaray on Twitter, John underscore Gossip, Kegolasso pod, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We will see you next time. International break, but we are still around, just not as much as Jonathan Johnson said. It's not a crazy Champions League week, but we do have content, including comic ball previews and so much more and so much more. Have a great, great rest of your Sunday. We'll see you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 